You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got Peter Watts back in the studio. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. Good to be here. Good to have you back. And uh, today you'll be continuing your series, The Apprenticeship. We're up to episode number 11, I think, of this series. And just remind us what The Apprenticeship is all about. So The Apprenticeship is really talking about the discipleship journey, how we become better disciples of Jesus. Um, he is the master. We are followers. We're learners. And uh, we want to follow him. And so The Apprenticeship is really becoming a, an apprenticeship of uh, an apprentice of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what did you get up to over Easter, Peter? So, yeah, my wife and I, we travelled over to Victoria and uh, we, we caught up with uh, her folks. We were actually supposed to have a big family reunion, but... Uh, that little phrase, due to COVID. Yeah, uh, got in my, the way of that, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, my son and his girlfriend were going to come down from New South Wales and, and uh, unfortunately they tested positive, or, or my son did. And then um, other family members did too. So, But we had a smaller family gathering than had been planned, but we still enjoyed it and it was terrific and we were glad to be able to do it and... Uh, Got back in a little late last night and the airports were busy. Melbourne Airport was uh, fairly busy yesterday, that's for sure. But uh, we had a great time. Did you know, uh, I'm sure many people know this now, but um, Passover and Easter sort of coincided this year. And that doesn't always happen. Sometimes it happens. But Passover was uh, began on Friday. And, uh, of course, uh, Good Friday. So sometimes Easter and Passover are set at different times of the year, mm. uh, you know, by a week or two it, or does, days or does whatever. Does Passover always start on a Friday? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Right. No, so, so it's, it's, it's actually set um, by the Jewish calendar. So mm. uh, if you go to the Bible, it actually tells you when it is because uh, there was a memorial for Passover that was to be set and it was going to be the 14th of Nisan. Uh, in the Bible, which and is they're a, based a on lunar month. lunar months, are they or not? That's a really good question. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I think it is lunar because months if, for them. If it doesn't start on it's Friday we each week, then it it's Correct. obviously going to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. The, the, certainly, Passover moves around, mm. whereas obviously Easter always has good. Fr- it's always Good Friday is always on a Friday. Mm. Uh, funnily enough, mm. um, but that I I believe the. Um, the Easter date is set by, I think it's the first Sunday after the first full month after the vernal equinox. Right. So, so that's as complicated as I can do it and make yeah. it, I think. So obviously each year uh, Easter changes dates that's and, right, and yeah. weeks and also Passover is uh, not always aligning with Easter. Mm, that's true. So... Okay, now Peter, um, I just want to remind our listeners that you can catch up on past episodes. We're up to number 11 this uh, today of this series called The Apprenticeship. And this is based on the book Steps to Christ. And if you haven't got a copy of that book yet, maybe this is the first time you're listening to our program today, you can text in our show number 0488-880-891. That's our Tassie Encounters show number 0488-880-891. 
Text in the code STEPS1 number and you can get a copy of this little book, Steps to Christ, which we've been working through over the the past 10 weeks. Uh, You can also catch up on our episodes on the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au, and you can download our app, the Faith FM Australia app, on your phone or iPad or tablet or whatever. So do search for the Faith FM Australia app. It's also great if you want to listen while you're travelling and uh, the reception is not always perfect with the radio, with the FM radio, the app uh, continues to work as long as you've got mobile phone coverage. So, Peter, what have you got for us today and, and where did we come from last week? Um uh, that's an excellent question. A, a knowledge of God Thank was our, <laughs> was our uh, episode title last you week. You had to remind me there, Jason. I, I, I'm, I'm always uh, not too bad at telling you what I'm doing next week, but I can, uh, can't always remember what I did last week. Uh, well, it, it tells me that you're living in the present <laughs> and not the past, Peter. I'm looking forward to the future. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so, yes, a knowledge of God. We talked about... Um, it's really it was about knowing about God. Knowing wasn't it? God, yeah, mm. as a person. And I think that that was really an important episode. If you didn't hear that, go back and listen to it because it's really about the fact that God wants a intimate relationship, an intimate relationship with each one of us. Um, it's, it's no uh, coincidence that the Bible speaks of our relationship with God as that of a father. Uh, it also speaks of our relationship with God as a brother uh, and as a friend. Uh, and it's it's about uh, a knowing in terms of the relationship that he wants to have with us. And today is uh, somewhat connected to that because today we're talking about an episode called the the privilege of prayer, and uh, we're going to talk about how we communicate with God, why we communicate with God, and what the benefits are of all of that. Um, if you think about the that word, the privilege of prayer, why why is what what's the privilege of prayer? Why is it a privilege? When you think about who God is hmm. as the uh, creator of the universe, it doesn't get any bigger than that. I mean, there is no being in the universe that is of so great importance, uh, of so great um, power, uh, and and yet we have the privilege of talking to him uh, on a daily or on a daily basis. on a moment by moment mm. basis, mm. and. Um, you know, we we sometimes, I suppose, when we come first to, to, to God and we're talking about an apprenticeship, so we're, t- you know, talking about developing this connection with Christ. And when we first come to God, maybe we we don't really know how to approach him or how to speak to him. I mean, I know when um, I first became a Christian, I, w- I wasn't sure how to talk to God. Um, you know, when... Uh, when I first came to you, it wasn't something I, it was a little abnormal. You know, if you think about it, prayer is a real act of faith mm. because you're, you know, we're going to talk a little bit later where it talks about, you know, go into your room, close the door and start talking to God. And it's like, you have to really believe he exists mm. to do that. But otherwise you're just talking to the four walls. Exactly. And and somebody who is totally unfamiliar with, yeah, you know, it seems a little this concept of prayer they would almost think you're sort of mentally unsound. Yeah, or potentially. You, or you, I, I sort of think of it, Jason, where you may be in the half and half basket, where mm. you're thinking, "Well, I kind of hope God exists." Yeah, yeah. But if He doesn't, this is a really silly thing that I'm, sti- you know, yeah. sitting in this room but, all alone. For those who believe He doesn't exist, mm. uh, oh. they they could uh, find prayer a very strange thing. Indeed, no doubt, no doubt. But I I think that you know. 
this little book we've been studying is called Steps to Christ. Mm. It's, we're learning little segments of the Christian journey as we go along the way. And it's interesting that this is, I think, you know, part 11. Mm. And so, um, you know, this is for a person, I suppose, who does believe and does know that God exists. That's not to say if somebody is listening to this today and uh, maybe has never attempted prayer before, just go to God and speak to him in prayer, uh, believing that he is there and believing that he hears what you have to say. Mm. Um, because God loves, just like a father, a loving father loves to hear from his children, God loves to hear from us. And uh, sometimes we don't know what to say. And there's a passage in Romans that I'd like you to read out, Jason. Mm. It's in Romans eight twenty six to 28. And it actually expresses this idea that sometimes we just don't know what to say. It says in the New King James Version, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. All right. So here, it's, I really love the fact that this is actually in the Bible, mm. that, 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 you know, it actually says we don't even know what we should be praying for, you know. It, it's so true. It is. Often, often is. we don't. You know, and that, that's what I love about the Bible. It's not mm. just um, telling you, that, you know, do this, do that, do the other. It actually recognizes that in our weakness, we sometimes don't know what we what we we to say, but I think uh, this is going to come up throughout this conversation um, in our hour today. Is, is is about why do we need to do this? I mean, God knows everything about us. He can read our minds. The Bible just in that passage it tells us God can understand what's on our mind and our heart. He understands those things, and He can um, help us to. Um, articulate that mm. and we want to talk maybe when we come back after this first break about you know why is it important that we actually tell God anything when he can already read my mind and read my heart mm, absolutely we've got a question for our listeners um, what significant answers to prayer have you received we'd love to hear from you mm. today to share a, a time when you've received a significant answer to prayer Text us in your answer on 0488-880-891. This is a song called Broken Prayers. Now, it doesn't mean that the prayers are broken. It means that sometimes we offer prayers when we're broken. So have a listen to the words of this song. This is by Taya Bella. I've been taught how to talk to you. Hold it together, make the bad look better. Say all the words that I'm supposed to Bow my head, say amen, yeah that'll do Making every dead end look like heaven Like being okay is the way to reach you But you're not afraid of all the things I feel So why am I afraid of being real? You want my tears, every messy word, every scar In my 
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And this morning we are talking with Peter Watts on the topic of the privilege of prayer. Before the break, we asked you a question. uh, What significant answers to prayer have you received? We'd love you to share with us. Text us in on 0488880891. So Peter... When we pray, do we always have to have, uh, you know, a list of things written down or something specific that we need to talk to God about? I suppose, I actually, people have different approaches to prayer. Mm. And um, I, I think none of those is particularly wrong. You know, you may have a list of things that you're, a list of people that you're praying for. Mm. Um, I certainly have done that before. But I also think that, it's it's more the impromptu conversation. It's the regular conversation. You know, most people uh, listening to this may be familiar with the uh, the notion that the last thing they do before they go to bed is check their phone, and the first thing they do, before, you know, when they wake up in the morning is check their phone, see if they've got any messages or, or whatever it may be. Mm. Um, and I think that really God wants to be that person. God wants to be the person that we check in with, you know, the last thing before we go to bed and when we, we're up in the morning, that he's the first one we talk to. And, you know, if, if we're married, you know, we recognise that, you know, this is something that um, that other person's always there. Mm. And, and so you communicate with that other person because they're there. Uh, you may not have anything uh, super significant to say at every moment of the day, but you communicate because they're there. And I think that um, what we want to do is to recognize that God is present in our lives and that we're acknowledging him. Of course, it's a little bit different. You know, we've talked about the importance of Bible study. You know, in this communication with God, God has provided the Bible for him to communicate with us and he's provided prayer for us to communicate with him. 
And, um, you know, we might say, well, why can't we just chat to him like normal people? You know, why can't it be that way? Well, it was that way when Jesus broke into history mm. and, and God was here in person, mm. in the person of Jesus. But we are uh, we're in a situation where because of this spiritual battle that we're in, we've been separated from God and we don't have that face-to-face contact. God is going to restore that. But he has set up a means by which we can communicate, mm. and uh, he. It, this is not. Um, this is like a wartime emergency, state of emergency, if you like, uh, method of communication that God has set up, in order. And and it's very. It's it's absolutely vital for us in order to be able to understand where we are on the battlefield, understand. Uh, you know, that we're going to be on the winning side, uh, understand what God has done, is doing and will do for us. We need to have this open communication. Mm. And uh, it's it's actually something that's beneficial for us. You know, it's interesting that for me personally, I, I've struggled with uh, prayers that are the same each mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I, I find that difficult, you know, if... If I hear people just saying the Repeating same the prayer, same repetitive prayer, mm. um, and yet uh, we also, at the same time, I've also benefited from the Psalms. Right. Who, uh, you know, sometimes I've struggled to know what to say or to know how to praise God. Uh, I don't naturally affirm people and I don't naturally praise and um, it's something that I've learned that if I'm struggling to praise God I can open up a psalm a psalm of praise now of Mm. course David had many different psalms but but he had many psalms of praise and I can read that psalm as a prayer and it helps me in my you know communication with God because those words are are very beneficial but that's great because it it helps you express it and I think You know, I don't know if you were going to ask a question there, but I, I, I was just looking at something here where we're not telling God anything new here. Mm. God can read our minds and our hearts, mm. but God knows that we need to be able to express what's on our heart and what's on our mind, especially in the spiritual battles that we face, in order to know that God is with us, that God is there, that God has answers and mm. solutions to our challenges. And um, God knows that this is for our benefit. One of the other things we were talking about off air was that prayer does not bring God down to us, but rather lifts us up to him. That's one of mm. the um, ideas in the, in this chapter in the book Steps to Christ, is that we we kind of, one of the reasons, you know, you think about prayer and often we will, you know, shut our eyes. Sometimes we'll kneel, but we can, you know, pray, pray standing up. You can pray while you're driving. Sometimes you need to pray while you're driving with the way people drive on the roads. But, <laughs> Particularly if you're in the passenger seat sometimes. That's right. That's right. So, Depending on who's driving. Yeah, so there are all sorts of, um, pl- you know, approaches to prayer. You can pray mm. while you're walking down the road. But sometimes we'll kneel, sometimes we'll close our eyes, we'll clasp our hands, and I guess we do that because we just want, you know, we want to stop fiddling with things and just focus focus Mm. exactly Mm. and i think we when we close our eyes we're trying to shut out the world the immediate world around us Mm. and we are elevated to the presence of god we are we are talking to god and we could be in the presence of god and i think that's that's one of the benefits of prayer so in this statement that um, uh, is written in this book here that says prayer does not bring god down Mm. to us but us up to god Mm. um 
for me, I think, as you mentioned earlier, it, it places us in a different realm. You know, it, instead of living um, with all of the challenges and the the focus on all of the things around us and mm-hmm. all the the trouble and the strife and the you know everything that goes on in day to day life, yeah. I think sometimes when we when we start the day with prayer, when we continue to pray during the day, it really helps us to remember that this this world is not. Uh, um, the only reality. It's, yeah, it's not the only reality, and ultimately that God is in control, mm-hmm. that uh, God is with us all the time. Yeah. And if we uh, lose that connection with him, we can start to focus on all these yeah. things around us. It's interesting, you know, we live in a culture where we have elevated levels of anxiety and depression and, and that kind of stress. And at the same time, we've never been in a position where we've had more entertainment available to us. Mm. And in a way, that entertainment, whether it be sport or movies or, or streaming stuff, whatever it may be, it's kind of it's an escapism. It's kind of a medicated. We're trying to medicate our situation and say, I know, I want to get out of this reality and 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 you know live in this sort of fantasy world or whatever. And in a way. Um, it, it's kind of tr- tr- try to distract us from the realities which are pretty, you know, stark for many people. Um, whereas I think God's intention is that we use prayer that way, that mm. we do actually close our eyes, take ourselves out of this world and talk to God and enable us to be refreshed from above, to know that, you know, there is a God in heaven. He is con- in control. Everything is going to be all right in the end, but right now we're in this battle and we get to choose which side of the battle we want to be on. And Jesus himself, you know, we know Jesus was God himself. Yeah. Um, and yet Jesus set an example of prayer. Mm. Um, there's a, a number of passages. Uh, one is in Mark chapter 1, verse 34, yeah, 35, 35, where it says, uh, Read on. Uh, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. I, I think it's amazing that, that Christ himself, um, despite, I guess, I guess because he was still human, mm. he still needed to pray just as we do. To God, the Father. So he, yeah, he takes on humanity four thousand mm. years after Adam was created, and mm. and uh, you know we know Jesus got tired, he got hungry, he got thirsty, you know he experienced these human um, conditions, mm. and he needed help yeah. from above, and mm. so and he, and of course he's our example as mm. well, and he's he's living a, a life as a human should live. And he's teaching us that we need to, to do this too. I noticed in that passage it says he departed to a solitary place. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, praying together is great. Praying corporately in a church setting or with a group of people, that's great too. But nothing can replace solitary prayer where it's just me and God. Mm. Because that, as we've mentioned before, that's a genuine act of faith. You have to believe God exists to, to be talking to him on a regular basis. Mm. And, um, you know, I think that your spiritual life is going to be stronger if you're spending regular time talking to God in prayer. And if Jesus needed prayer so much more, you know, we need it. Exactly right. You know? Yeah, so if he's doing that, and, I, you know, I think... 
early in the morning or the first time you get out of bed people do shift work and sometimes they you know i used to do night time work and you get out of bed in the afternoon mm. um but but the sort of the, your first sort of waking moments if you can connect with god at the early part of your day then uh, i think that helps set you up for the day it, it, it we're going to you know read a passage a little bit later where it talks about um, pray without ceasing. Well, what does that really mean? Mm. You know, you're not going to spend all day on your knees. Some people might think that that's what that means, but um, in actual fact, I believe what it means. It's a bit like um, making that call uh, on your phone and then leaving the phone line open all day long. Mm. Uh, that's that's the way I choose to see that idea of praying without ceasing. That I'm choosing de- deliberately to talk to God first thing in the day. And then I'm choosing to talk to God throughout the day. Hmm. You've got a passage here in Second Corinthians, um, verse twelve. Sorry, chapter twelve, verse ten. That says, mm. "Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong." How, how does that relate to prayer? Okay, so. He's saying he's basically recognizing that he has infirmities. Uh, people might be reproaching him. He has needs. There's sometimes persecutions, distresses, and he's saying, "When I'm weak, then I'm strong." How is that true? How can it be that when you are weak, you're actually strong? Hmm. It's only in the context, as I see it, that when we are feeling our weakness, then we go to God and we draw from Him, and He's the one that makes us strong. So I think. It's when what we tend to do with weakness is we deny it. We tend to say, no, no, I can battle through. Uh, I, I'm not this weak person. I'm a strong individual. I'm a strong minded person. Mm. Uh, and what we're actually in the spiritual realm, all of us are weak. There are no strong ones. This is Paul talking. Paul wrote half the New Testament. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is he's a super he, he saint. Was, he was the champion of... Yeah. of uh, if any human yeah. being was a super saint in the yeah. New Testament, it's got to be Paul. Mm. And so, um, but he is saying... When I am weak, then I am strong. He's mm. recognizing his weakness. He goes to God, and that is where his strength lies. Mm. Remember that question, what significant answers to prayer have you received? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in a significant answer to prayer that you've received. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is Noema Moore, a beautiful song called He Can. Just what you need before 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tasmanian Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're talking with Peter Watts on the topic of the privilege of prayer. Now, Peter, we're talking in the break, and uh, also this song just really talked about it, that, you know, we have this amazing channel to God, and God is, you know, the creator of the universe, we believe, and so... Why is it that we just don't take advantage of this as much as we should? <laughs> I suppose I suppose we let, get, let distractions get in the way. And if you think about it, that you know the world we live in, we think you know it, it's easy to see that that is reality, and it's sometimes difficult to remember the spiritual reality. You know, the spiritual reality has real life consequences, but that spiritual reality, we 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 kind of constantly keep needing to be reminded of this relationship that God wants to have with us mm. and how He wants to influence our lives for good. And um, you know, I think that we we encounter so many challenges and so many problems. You would think that we would go to God far more often far more frequently um, if if he's really there and if he really cares and if he really can influence our lives and the world around us. So, I, can, I can imagine a situation where, you know, a boat's sinking and people have jumped off into the water and and somebody's come along with the with the what do they call them the, the, the life, life ring life rings and they're throwing them out to people and people are just saying yeah I'm right, I'm right, I'm still swimming, I'm still swimming and, and yet they're there to help them and we don't we don't take advantage of it. Mm, that, that I think that's sometimes the case. I also think about, I think a lot depends on the relationship we have with God. And, of course, one feeds the other. So if you have a strong relationship, you're going to want to talk to God more often. Mm. And on the other hand, if you talk to God more often, then you'll have a stronger relationship. Um, and I think, it, I remember when um, I came to Australia, met my wife. We were, we were dating for a few months and then I had to go back to the UK. My visa expired. And I was back in the UK for nine months where I didn't see Marie. And this was uh, back in the days before texting, back in the days before uh, FaceTime or, you know, those face-to-face opportunities. And um, so we would just phone. And those communications were all important in maintaining that relationship Mm. over a long distance, over a long period of time. Uh, Ultimately, we obviously, I returned to Australia and we got married. But that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been communicating. And, uh, you know, we would write cards and letters and we would also make phone calls. And I think God has written us a whole bunch of love letters. We call it the Bible. Um, and he's provided this opportunity to, to pray. And uh, it's about maintaining and growing that relationship that we, we have with God. Mm. And 
I mean, I gave you the example earlier about um, the life raft, you know, c- circumstance, but we shouldn't just be uh, communicating when we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, this is it. I know that sometimes people ask, you know, how would you feel if your child only ever comes to you, Dad, can I have some more money? Yeah. You know, uh, I'm in trouble. Can you give me some more money? Mm. I just want something. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a natural part of that when you're a child that you go to your father knowing that he's got everything. Mm. Uh, and you know anything you need you can get from him Mm. Uh, there's something natural about that and i think there's something parental about that that god actually wants us to do and he mentions that in scripture but i also think that as the the relationship develops Mm. that we come to actually want to talk to god just for him Mm. rather than what he can give you it's about uh, recognizing god for who he is and what he's done and and praising him and you know I, I remember listening to a speaker who really changed my life on prayer um who said you know it's really important as part of prayer to include acknowledgement and praise of god mm-hmm. not just about a list of things yes. that we need from him but yeah. it's really important to actually um, recognize god for who he is what exactly. he's done and to praise and thank him yeah um, that changes our attitude to him as well. And just wanting to be in his presence, mm. just wanting to spend time in his presence, that's mm. what a, another part of what prayer is. And there's an interesting contrast in a passage of Scripture we're going to read here. Yeah. And it's it's uh, a few verses, but I think we need those verses. People may or may not have heard this parable before. Well, if they've been listening to Faith FM, they mm. may have heard it uh, Monday week ago there you go. with David, Leo and Tabitha. Because uh, that was the topic of the Monday program with uh, on the 11th of April, I think it was. So this is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. It says, Also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Interesting. Mm, yeah, this is an interesting parable. Jesus is telling this parable. And um, we need to maybe ex- explain for those who might be new listeners, um, the Pharisees were basically the religious elite mm. of uh, Christ's day. And a tax collector was, uh, people might not like tax collectors today, but back then they were regarded as traitors, betrayers of the nation. Because they were working for the Romans. they were essentially working yeah. for the Romans. And yeah. so, so, in other words, you've got somebody who might be regarded as a pillar of the community, the Pharisee, mm. and somebody who was like, you know, the scourge of the society, a mm. tax collector. And, and yet... When they are approaching God in prayer, it's like the Pharisees just basically reporting on how great he's been, whereas the tax collector is recognizing his need of God uh, and, and recognizing how much he needs forgiveness. And, and Jesus is saying he's the one who goes home justified because mm. he's acknowledging his need. And what Jesus was trying to teach all of us is 
no matter who we are, we all have a need. We all have that need of God in our lives. And uh, prayer is one of those ways in which we can connect with God and, uh, you know, maintain that relationship and actually seek that forgiveness. And, um, yeah, I think it was great that Jesus put that parable in the scriptures you know he, he told that parable and then it was written down obviously mm. um, I mean th- this example was sort of it was a semi-public prayer in essence wasn't it but right but um, I mean I guess he's not really saying here that uh, when we pray publicly we should um, we should uh, you know get up and tell people how bad we are that's sort of not what he's saying no it's a parable it's a parable and the idea is really just acknowledging our humility yeah he's he's teaching us that we need to be humble when we come before god we're Mm. talking to the creator of the universe Mm. yes god wants us to come to him yes he wants us to come to him as a friend but never to forget who he is and what he's you know he's done god can exist without us we can't exist without him Mm. um and and so, so we need to recognize our dependence there I also like uh, Jesus when he was talking on the Sermon on the Mount in the passage that we call the Beatitudes where he said, blessed are the poor in spirit and so forth. In uh, Matthew 5 verse 6 it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness mm. for they shall be filled. And that's something else to you know remember in prayer is, is you know why are we praying? Are we just wanting God to give us material things or to make us richer or whatever it might be? Or are we actually asking us, Lord, I want my character to reflect your character. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm hungering and thirsting after righteousness. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. And the best version I can, of myself that I can be is the, is the version God wants to create. And so um, I think that's important too, that when we are, Praying to God, are we are we coming for all the the right reasons? In other words, there are times when we come and ask for things. Jesus says that: ask and you shall receive. Um, but are we also wanting to become the person God wants us to become? Mm. There's a passage here in uh, Proverbs twenty-eight, verse nine, that says, "One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination." Mm. Do you want to very briefly unpack that before we <laughs> okay. go to a break? Cause, well, yes, yeah. I think that if we are knowingly breaking God's law and then we're coming to him and saying, by the way, God, can you do this for me? Mm. That's hypocritical. Mm. You know what I mean? If you are knowingly breaking God's law and you're coming to him in that fashion, you are basically saying, I want, I want God to do for me even though I don't believe in all the principles that he espouses. You know, I don't believe in that value system, but I still want God to do stuff for me. Yeah, so it's not saying that uh, we have to be perfect before we come to God. No. We just need to recognize that we're not perfect. <laughs> I think that verse is more about rebellion than it is about yeah. perfection. So yeah. I think it's, it's yes. I, I want to live, live the one way I live, and I, I want yes. to ask God to give me what I right. want. I, that, that's what yeah. I think it is. It's, it's knowingly living outside of God's mm. plan. Mm. 
Our book offer for today is called Daring to Ask for More, Divine Keys to Answered Prayer by Melody Mason. Whenever you find yourself in your spiritual journey, whether you are a seeker, a churchgoer, or just testing the waters of belief in the God of the Bible, this book will inspire and challenge you to a life of faith and purpose. Daring to Ask for More will challenge you to recognize the unlimited possibilities that are within your grasp if you will only pray in faith. If you will put into practice the principles outlined in this book, seeking for more of Christ, removing the spiritual breaches and compromises, and moving forward in faith, no matter the circumstances, your life will change. Your faith will grow and you will receive answers and will be prepared for the latter rain outpouring that will equip God's people to finish the work so we can all go home. This is our book offer for today, and we'll give you more information, or we'll give you the code right after the break. This is On My Knees by Jackie Veliquas.
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And this morning we're finishing off our discussion on the topic of the privilege of prayer. Before the break, I described the book offer for today. It's called Daring to Ask for More. And it's about prayer. And uh, we'd love you to, uh, to be able to receive a copy of this. Text us in the code word STEPS and the number 10. No spaces. Text in STEPS number 10 to 0488-880-891. That's STEPS number 10, 0488 Now, Peter, many people might say, yeah, well, I've prayed, but I haven't received an answer to prayer. Mm. And sometimes this is one of the big, um, I guess, challenges or obstacles to people praying is they say, well, I tried that and it didn't work for me or, you know. Mm. And I think there are a couple of passages in Scripture that I think are interesting here. One is John fourteen thirteen and 14, where Jesus is talking to his disciples and um, this is what he says. And what if you ask, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, now that uh, that could be a challenge, couldn't it? Well, it, all, it seems like when you read it initially, you might think, well, that seems all-encompassing. Whatever I want, that new red Ferrari, mm. uh, whatever I want, he's going to do it, right? Mm. But it's there's a couple, there's a phrase there that's repeated, and it is in my name, mm. which is kind of interesting. And what is that all about? What is his name? His name is Jesus. What does that mean? Well, it means Jehovah saves. That that's actually what his name means. It's about the plan of salvation. Mm. In other words, uh, it's interesting. I have never prayed that God would make me a millionaire. But I also think that even if I asked, I'm not sure he would do it. Mm. <laughs> because making me a millionaire could wind up me losing my faith. Mm. You know, I, I, that's not to say that God might make somebody a millionaire, but um, it's never occurred to me to pray that. I think these days with the with the way inflation's going, you've got to almost say billionaire these <laughs> you days. You probably do. It's not quite what it used it's to be. It's not what it used to be. <laughs> but I still don't have a million. So, um, But anyway, there's First John, same author, right? This is interesting. This is John. He writes in his first letter, First John 5.14. There's something else he writes that I think is interesting. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. All right. So that's interesting. So in that mm. first passage, he says, whatever you ask in my name, and he repeats that phrase twice. Mm. And so um, it's, it's really God's chief concern is that people end up spending eternity in heaven with him. That's his chief concern. And uh, the other things in life, whether it be, uh, you know, physical healing and, and those kind of things. God's certainly capable of doing that, and sometimes that, that does occur. But it's interesting where it says, um, when you pray according to his will, that, that that is what we'll receive. I like to say to people that I've experienced God's answers to prayer, sometimes in the moment of time, sometimes through the course of time, and sometimes those prayers will be answered at the end of time. In other words, it's not the end yet. Mm. We might say, God has not answered my prayer. Well, it's not over yet. Mm. You know, God may be answering that prayer through the course of time or he may answer the prayer at the end of time. You know, the other thing is that God has answers to prayer that we may not like. 
so sometimes we might pray and the answer to the prayer might be yes it may be no or it might be wait Mm. and we only usually want yes right we only usually want god to answer yes and uh there's an interesting passage in james 4 13 i'm going to read here where it says um come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city spend a year there buy and sell and make a profit whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is your life it is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away instead you ought to say if the lord wills we shall deliver and do this or that mm. in other words the the whole point here the, the reason there is a battle between good and evil is over the will of god is the will of god an arbitrary whim on which you know god lives where he says i just want you to do this and i want you to do that or is it actually that god's will for our life is better than my will for my life mm. and where i'm accepting the fact that god is god that i am alive because god exists and that i want to live my life in accordance with his will i want to fashion my will according to his will um because that is the best way for me to live it's the best way for my neighbors it's the best way if i live according to god's will it's better for my family it's better for my community it's better for my country and so i think that that's an important aspect of prayer that we're praying according to his will you've uh, highlighted another passage here that i know you want to cover in now we've got a few minutes less Mm. left here but um in Matthew 6, verse 5 and 7, and I'll read it, and then I'll get you to uh, talk about this just a little bit. It says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Mm. So we don't have to pray, uh, you know, a a thousand words a minute (laughs) or repeating the same thing. Well, it's interesting. This passage is actually, I mean, my Bible is headed the Lord's Prayer and is about to tell them, you know, this is how to pray, our Father Mm. which art in heaven. And we have taken that and, and, you know, I remember, uh, you know, hearing the Lord's Prayer when I was in infant school back in the UK. And... um, I think people have taken it that way. They just repeat the words. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that, that it's wrong to pray the Lord's Prayer. What I'm saying is I think what Jesus is trying to do is teach us how to pray rather than what to pray. Mm. So I don't think Jesus is saying these are the words specifically you have to pray. But rather, when you pray, recognize your Father in heaven. Mm. Holy is his name, you know. Um, and And I think that... He's saying that just by repeating and repeating words after words, that's not impressing God. You know, what God really wants to know is what's on your heart, what's on your mind. He want, Again, it comes back to relationship. You know, you, you, you don't say the same things over and over again to your spouse or to, to those you love in your household. Mm. Uh, you have meaningful conversation. You're, you're, you're living with that person. And uh, I think it's it's about that relationship. And again, that that uh, other, I think it's verse six where he says, you know, when you've shut the door, 
go in and pray to God in secret and he will reward you openly. Mm. And I think that private personal prayer demonstrates that you have a relationship with God. And when it says uh, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, it's not saying that we should not pray regularly mm. um, because I know at the end of the Lord's Prayer in verse in uh, Luke um, when he covers it, it says, mm. ask and keep on asking, yes. and knock and keep on knocking. Yes. So we are meant to continue to persevere pray, in persevere prayer. in prayer, um, but just not use repetitive phrases, I guess, you know. Yeah, mm. it's yeah, that's right. It's not like a formula. Mm. I, I don't think there's formulaic prayers. I mean, there, there may be place for that, but what God really wants is a, is a communicating relationship between mm. the two of you. Well, Peter, we've run out of time. What have you got for us next week on The Apprenticeship? So next week we are, yes, we, we, the program is called Beyond Doubt. And uh, the chapter in the book is called What Do We Do With Doubt? Because people do naturally have doubts, and we're going to talk about that next week in our program. And tomorrow you've got Daniel, Mateo and Tabitha. They're going to be talking about the Bible as philosophy. That sounds interesting. Remember, steps number 10, text it into 0488880891. This is Open My Eyes by James David Carter. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.